live via Skype. It's the DBNJ Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me... Uh, Fast count, Brian. Um, before we get started, I would like to congratulate the... Was it the Royals and Giants for having the World Series that no one will watch? Yeah, well, you know, there are a few people in Kansas City, as we found out last night. Um, and, you know... San Francisco, what else there is there to do except get stoned, write computer programming, and watch baseball? I hate the Giants so bad. Yeah. Now, now I get the, where you have the Cardinals anger from. I hate the Giants so bad. I, I freaking hate those Giants. Yeah, those guys are douchebags in baseball uniforms. That being said, Royals in four. But um, <laughs> you know, that's a good segue because they hammered the crap out of Kansas City last night. They worked them so hard with that to whole World Series. Well, I mean, it's the World Series, so you have to you know bring it up there, especially in Kansas City. Well, they'll never have it again. Well... Um, uh, it, okay, well, I guess we can get into it. Are we, are we just going to go straight into Raw? Cause... Let's just go straight into Raw. Let's just, uh, let's just talk about what we thought about Raw. Okay. Um, here's the funny thing. I, I understand that Randy Orton is from St. Louis, but I just, you know, hammering on a team that's in the World Series when your team is not, it's just in poor taste. Well, maybe he's a football fan. Wow, that's even worse. <laughs> Yeah, at least the Chiefs made the playoffs last year. But no, um, stuff to take away from it. I I know there's like this big uproar if you saw like the WWE page about the the use of the fake soldier and the Rusev Big Show thing. Uh, was it on their page itself? It was, on, it was like a like a WWE Facebook link thing I saw. Um, um and like I, it was like it, it, I, it was people were so split on both sides about it, and I gotta tell you. Like, I thought the whole thing was cheese because look at it this way: if if people get upset about you know, a, a fate, an actor being in, in uniform being hit by Rusev, are those same people going to go out and watch a movie where the army is just wow about like Godzilla or anything that you know any type of monster or alien? The military looks like crap anywhere outside of the military. So for anybody. Like, that about that is a little ridiculous. Uh, are you talking from personal experience here about the military looking crap except you in the military? I mean, I've seen, you know, firsthand, like, you know, asses being kicked, you know, but uh, I, 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 I'm seriously, I'm saying, like, if people get upset about that well, and, and then watch TV shows where people act as military people, it, it's just, it's hypocritical. Yeah, I can see that. The thing is that, that wrestling kind of exists in its own world, so when they do things, it just appears to be just a little bit more real, and to be honest with you, I felt it was unnecessary to do that. Um, and the thing is, too, like... I've seen firsthand people jumping in the ring and getting their asses kicked by uh, wrestlers. And they freaking deserve it. You know, you don't not cross that barrier. You don't get in the ring. You know, you're you're gonna get your ass kicked. I mean, isn't it just like a fan running on the field of like in sports? Like they don't show it. Like they'll talk about it, but you don't show it. Yeah, well, they'll pin away. So yeah. Anyway, I thought it was stupid myself, but like eh. thought it was just cheap heat for Rusev or just like cheap uh, a cheap pop for Big Show to come back out and start talking about troops. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, we we salute our boys who are fighting the Russians over there. Wait, they are fighting the Russians, right? Yeah, I mean, did you know that he's uh, not even Russian? He's like Bulgarian or something. Really? I, 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 you know what? I think I knew that back in like before WrestleMania. Then he showed up again, and then, uh, well, yeah, Atlanta is definitely not from Florida. Definitely. Yeah. No, gosh, no. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think overall I'd like the show. I think there was um, like the other thing that really kind of weirded me out was the segment where Dean Ambrose brought mm-hmm. the, the dummy to the ring <laughs> and he started like torturing it. And I'm like, this is like, a little bit too creepy for me. But then again, McFoley came in and saved the segment, which I thought was great. I love the fact that McFoley's back, at least to talk about Hell in the Cell, which is a match that I just rewatched because of our retrospective pay per view, mm-hmm. uh, King in the Ring 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. Um, I thought the matches were pretty good. Uh, Cesaro Ziggler 2 was pretty good. Um, the six-man tag matches were pretty decent. The main event at the end was actually freaking cool. Um, so overall, I, I liked Raw, and I think I'm giving it a solid B+. I don't even know if I give it that. Here's, here's some... I, I had some, some issues here. Um, I think they gave... Um, you know, the whole number one contender thing. And by the way, they said for a future opportunity. So it's they're not even saying Survivor Series. Who the hell knows when the next time Lesnar shows up? Well, it better be by goddamn Survivor Series. Otherwise, I'm going to be really pissed. And um, so, I mean, we're forgetting some other things here, like, you know, the RKO out of nowhere. RKO on- out of nowhere did Paul Heyman and John Cena, yeah. So, I mean, the big thing, I mean, but does the, are they teasing an Orton heat face turn to fight Lesnar? Um, maybe. I think the biggest tease was at the end when uh, he got curb stomped by um, Seth Rollins there. Yeah. I think that was pretty much like the biggest, like, yeah, we're going to, they're going to be breaking apart and he's going to uh, get a well-deserved uh, face turn. So, See, here's the problem. Like, the, like they're doing this to, to make you, to make fans, like, care about Randy Orton, but he gets a face turn and he wins the belt. Guess what? He's a 13-time champ. <laughs> like, it's an opportunity going to somebody who continues to get opportunities. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that is something that I do want to address later on the uh, the podcast, too. Yeah. Um... I don't think of anything else that was really good that came out of it. Uh, how about Miz Dow getting the pin on Sheamus? Yeah, that was pretty big, and Miz and uh, the Miz taking credit for that. So maybe another split there. Uh, Miz Dow, uh, Miz break, and then the, we make the Miz Dow. I can't remember calling him freaking Miz Dow. Um, make so, him uh, uh, he uh, face again. So if you, if you I don't know if you saw the match where Miz was like Sandow, I mean, I mean Miz Dow. Like he, like he was like, oh crap, they're gonna hate me for saying that. Um, I don't think anything else really good came out of it. I mean, like, the Mick Foley thing was fantastic because, um, he's, he hyped the crap out of that. And I mean, but at the end of the, end of the night, if it wasn't for the cell, I wouldn't have been interested because it's the same crap every week in the main event. Yeah, it is really the same guys in the main event. So, yeah, really, we... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're we're gonna I'm gonna talk about that later on. Yeah, but I mean the cell was added a lot to it, and I mean Mick Foley come out there and leave it to Mick. If I'm not mistaken, didn't The Rock come out last week? Um, no, it was like two weeks ago. So leave it to The Rock. And leave it to The Sock to follow The Rock. Right? <laughs> but of course, The Rock and Sock follow The Rock. Exactly. Like he, he can't go first. No. No. Um. But I mean, uh, 
By the way, if I may ask, do you have the listings for this week's this uh, Hell in a Cell pay per view? I do have the listings. Um, let's just go by. Uh, Want to do some predictions? Yeah, I apologize. As far as I agree, I, I give it a I, I, I give it a B. I wouldn't give it a B plus. I'd give okay. it a B. Some of the stuff was just like the Divas matches were just horrible. Yeah, I really feel that that Rock could like trim an hour, um, and it, we would lose absolutely nothing. There is there is so much filler in there. It's ridiculous. Oh, like the ninety minutes of stuff I watched on Hulu today. Like you had the beginning segment with the Authority, mm-hmm. and then you had Orton come out. And then you had Cena come out with Heyman, and then you had Rollins and Ambrose come back out. Like, there's a, there's like so much talking like, with just that core of people. There's not enough time going around to everyone. Yeah, that's true. They do finally steal the show. Uh, anyway, so we'll start up with the um, tag team match um, at. Uh, Hell in the Cell 2014 Goldust and Stardust the champions versus the Usos who do you have? You know I'll give it I'll give it to the Usos because I just think you know there's no other tag team so if they beat the Usos there's nobody to compete against okay um so you're gonna go with the Usos um yeah Yeah, sorry I just don't feel like it's right for them to pick the belts back up again um so I'm gonna go and uh, do Gold Dust and Stardust. Mm. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't doubt if if your prediction's right. I just think that, I mean, who, what other tag teams are there that can feud with the uh, the Stardust and, or the Dust Brothers? Yeah, there's not many face tag teams at all actually around there anymore. So yeah, that's that's kind of true. I, so. they, they were talking about um, I think Ryback coming back from some injury, so like they might turn Ryback's little face or something. That would be kind of cool. They need, they definitely need more face tag teams. That's, that's always been a problem, I think, with tag team divisions. Uh, so next up, AJ Lee versus Paige. Uh, uh, I mean, they're 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 both very hot, of course, but. Do you care about this feud anymore? Like, it's just dragged no, on. It is getting really dragging, and I feel that we're kind of waiting for, like, the next Diva to show up from NXT. Because they're actually kind of stacked right now in terms of talent they have. Um, mm-hmm. Show up, and then <laughs> uh, we would actually have, like, uh, moving to something a bit more, um, I don't know, more fluid, I guess. But yeah, this is getting really stagnant really fast. I, I, I mean, as far as prediction, I think AJ Lee keeps it because I still think, unless they completely just drop the ball, which wouldn't surprise me, but I still think they feud AJ with Stephanie in the same way they did with Bree, just to, just to pull off that heat, and, and there will be a lot of like CM Punk type heat towards her from the authority. Right. Okay. Well, I will also go with AJ Lee, too, because that makes sense. Did you know Paige is going to be on the next season of Total Divas? Like, they're taking everybody. They are. They're ruining... Uh, they are freaking ruining uh, the Divas division by doing that. <sighs> it's so bad. Um, anyway, next up we have The Big Show versus Rusev. Ooh. I mean, Rusev, come on now. Uh, really? What good does it do for Big Show to get the win? He's been around forever. Rusev, if Rusev loses, it will be the John Cena. Um, you know, you're thinking that, yeah, he's going to get the Cena victory there. But you know what? I I just feel that this time that Rusev just can't overcome. And uh, I think that probably by, by DQ, I'm going to go with Big Show. Now... Here's what I think will happen. This is going to sound so dumb, but um, 
I think Mark Henry will come out and cause Big Show the match and either by accident or either, you know, just join up and be a, be with uh, be on a, <laughs> with Rusev. That would be hilarious. And, uh, yeah, I could, I could really see that happening too. But uh, I feel that this feud still has legs to it, so they might save that for another, another pay-per-view. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so well, next well, up, right. I'm sorry to interrupt. You're right, because think about it for Survivor Series, you get like the Rusev team versus like Team USA or some shit. Yeah, we could do Team USA though. Like they haven't done that before, 20 years ago. USA, USA. Sorry, yes, go ahead. Uh, sh- us sheeple. Uh, next up, uh, Sheamus versus The Miz for the U.S. title. Mm. Bathroom break. Um. Uh, Seamus. Seamus? Okay. Yeah, I gotta go with that, too. I think Seamus is probably um, not gonna lose the title anytime soon, so... And, you know, I I think we're gonna get a decent match, because Seamus is looking freaking awesome lately. Like, him versus um, Cesaro was great. Yeah. Actually, um, I'm going with the Miz. Upset special because I think because of the, the way that they had it with uh, Mizda or Sando, yeah, to where like he'll help Miz win the belt and then they'll end up splitting those two up and then they'll feud over the belt. You know, that'd be kind of cool. They, they really do need to have a, a good undercard feud, um, especially with Damon Sando. That guy's been like you know, just just for about a year now, he's really been middling around and he really needs direction. So I'm gonna go with that. I'm still pissed at the way they made him lose his mind the bank contract like that. Or? That was that was bad. Losing to a one arm John Cena, that is like the biggest humiliation ever. Yeah. Uh, speaking of biggest humiliation ever, we have Brie Bella versus Nikki Bella, and the loser becomes the winner's personal assistant for 30 days. And they do not comply, they'll be forced to quit WWE. Hmm. Um. That's tough. Uh, who cares? No, yeah, um, really, I cannot give two shits about this feud. Yeah, if I throw a name out there, I'll skip the Nikki because the heel controlling the 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 good sister will probably for make for better TV. Yeah, I think that's probably what they're gonna do too. This this whole thing is just who cares? The only reason they bring Brie Bella out is so everybody can do the freaking yes chance, and that's about it. Uh, next up, I guess we're going to do John Cena versus Randy Orton. Now, do you, do you not think this is the main event? Um, I'm just going by the way that Wikipedia has it, so... Oh, okay. Uh, God, this sucks so bad, cause, because... the I'm going with Randy Orton because of the way they phrased it. It's... They had said number one contender for Survivor Series. Yeah. I would think that it would be fresh in everyone's mind that, you know, the Cena-Lesnar feud needs that ending match to it. But they didn't say that. So I think Orton wins. He turns face, gets the match against Lesnar, and we see... I mean, he'll feud with Rollins until he fights Lesnar, which I'm presuming would be like TLC or Royal Rumble or something like that. But I don't see it. I don't... Because... I, just the way they have it set up now, I think Orton gets the win because it's not, not a guaranteed Survivor Series title shot. Okay. Well, that's a good uh, good view. So I'm going to go with Randy Orton, too. I think that's pretty much his time for it. To, I'd like to see somebody else besides freaking John Cena versus uh, 
uh, versus Lesnar. So we have what maybe may well was one of the main events: Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, it's mm, Seth Rollins. It's okay. gotta be. Just be, again, because if my Orton prediction goes correct, you don't want Orton, you know, being hot and then Rollins not getting, not having that that win to help him carry on to that feud. So okay. Rollins needs to win, so I think he gets it. Okay. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Dean Ambrose because he does need the bigger win and uh, he's been chasing after freaking Rollins forever, so... Um, I'm thinking probably what will happen. This might be the, uh, well, it probably will involve some kind of interference from either Randy Orton or somebody else, I think. But uh, I'm definitely thinking that Ambrose is going to take the win there. Quick question. Do you, do you know how long it's been since the last pay-per-view? How long it's been in terms of what, weeks? Like, yeah. Um, the last pay-per-view was... Let's see here. This will be on the 26th of October. Uh, the last pay-per-view, if you give me two seconds here, now the Champions was on the 21st. So about a month's difference. So realistically, you could throw Roman Reigns' name out there to be involved in the match somehow. It's a possibility. I think he... Um, been about four weeks, um, but he could be out for even longer than that. So I think probably we'll see him at the earliest Royal Rumble. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I want Dean Ambrose to win, but what does the win do for him? Like, where does he go from there? Because if the match was for the contract, the money in the bank contract, it's a whole different ball game. But I just don't see where Ambrose goes after Seth Rollins. Could be for that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, ready to move on? Uh. Yeah. But first, I have some. Trivia, sir. Oh. Um. Do you, okay, this is a couple of easy ones, a couple of not. But the Undertaker was in WCW before he was in WWF. Yeah. Excuse me. Do you know who his manager was? Ooh, that's a good question. So, who would manage the Undertaker? I believe he went by me, Mark Calloway. Yes, or I think Mark Callis. Mark Callis. Um. Oh, that's a dumb name. Um, I'm gonna go with Kevin Nash's Oz. That's his partner? I mean, no, no, I mean partner manager. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, um, Paul Heyman, sir. Paul Heyman, really? Yes. Huh. Now, um, we, you, you saw how Mick Foley looked last night. Yeah. His little Santa Claus get up and what have you. But, true or false, did Mick, did, was Mick Foley ever a light heavyweight champion? Was he ever a light heavyweight champion in any federation? Um, yeah. No. Actually, he was, sir. It says in 1988, Mick Foley as Cactus Jack held the world-class light heavyweight title. Oh. Well, their yeah. definition of, heavy, of uh, light heavyweight and heavyweight are two different things. So. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little bit. Well, uh, so Mick Foley's gotten bigger over the years too. Like his his weight has definitely. Uh, no offense to him, because I'm pretty sure he still works out, but uh, he's he's definitely gotten bigger. Yeah, and some of the stuff on this little tidbit side, I guess, not really trivia, but did you know that like Ed, like. Though Edge's first wife, the one he cheated on with Lita, was actually Val Venus's sister. Oh yeah, I knew that. They even brought it up in uh, Raw. I'm gonna do it. 
Yeah, but who's going to marry his sister? And then they never mention it again. Oh, well, see, and then one other one, and then I apologize. See, uh, Brian Pillman's wife was actually with the Ultimate Warrior before him. Oh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get it, I guess, you know. You, you. Oh, and also, you know, Andre the Giant was not over seven foot tall. I believe that. I said it was 6'10". But anyways, so yes, uh, are we on the retrospective? Retrospective of the Attitude Era. We're going to WWE in 1998. June of that year, King of the Ring. June 28th, to be precise. Um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have nine matches, so we got to get through these pretty quickly, I think. Except maybe the last three. I think everything until the last three is kind of crappy. Mm. First up, we have the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, uh, and Taka Mishinaku. Uh, defeated Kantai, Funaki, Menzteo, Tio, and Diktago. Um, what did you think of the match? I honestly, I didn't care. I know this is leading towards Taka joining Kantai, but... I, I, you, how can you not look at Funaki and think SmackDown number one announcer? I mean, if you Indeed. will. Yeah. Yeah, You're, you know he's in uh, NXT now, right? Funaki? Well, he's a trainer. Oh, like, God, like, he's too old now. Yeah, well, he's, he's a trainer, and then they bring, recently brought him into the storyline, so. Yeah, but I mean, as far as <laughs> I didn't really... Like, anyway, so we gotta get through these. Yeah, um, so that's over. Yeah. So you didn't care. I I liked the match. I think it was better than the than Tim Team with Bradshaw last month, but it, it really felt like uh, really like unnecessary. They said it was a bonus match anyway, so obviously it wasn't uh, anything they they built up. But I think it was fun. It wasn't wasn't long or anything like that. So pretty decent. Um, next up, Ken Shamrock defeated Jeff Jarrett in the King of the Rings semifinal. Yeah. I I really didn't. I, Shamrock was really over, and I gotta tell you, like I was hoping Jarrett won because I actually thought he was the better like wrestler, not you know UFC type deal. But right. um, I thought their styles were pretty well. It was nice to see Shamrock not not wrestling the Rock at least at that moment. <laughs> well, I, wait till later on. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was a good match. I liked it. Yep. Yeah, um, next, uh, I, I thought it was pretty good too. I mean, it was. It wasn't too long. It was pretty quick, and that's like most King of the Ring semifinal matches are. Uh, next up, we have The Rock defeated Dan the Beast Severn. Uh, I mean, we're. There were people, was that like their realistic chance? Like, oh, Shamrock and Severn. Like, no. Shamrock and The Rock one more time. Yeah, I think, I don't think uh, Dan Shamrock, Dan Shamrock, Dan Severn actually shows up again on pay-per-view in terms of a wrestler, as far as I remember. But uh, I think there was another USA, UFC guy they brought in. They thought he would wrestle. And it just didn't work out very well for him at all. (laughs) Look that up. I know he was in the '99 Royal Rumble. Uh, that might be possible, but I really doubt that he had much. I remember he showed up in SummerSlam 2000, or not 2000, but um, 1998. In, no, no. Um, he had a pay-per-view match with Owen Hart, or Owen Hart like they faked that he broke Dan Severn's neck, and then that's when like Owen left and came back as like Blue Blazer or some crap. Or um. Yeah, yeah, he was being the, he wasn't in the Royal Rumble that next year. Uh, eliminated by Mabel, go figure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he only spent like one year in the WWF. So. Do you ever like you remember him like he always came out in his shirts where always like had the sweat stains already on. <laughs> like he was just doing like laps before. Um, 
Yeah. Um, before the match, yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Just, just kind of gross. But as but, far as like the match with the Rock, like their styles obviously did match. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't think the match was that good at all. No, um, I, I think he's just too much of a, a shoot fighter, and uh, putting him in a wrestling match is just, he's just not as good. I mean, his best stuff was against Steve Blackman, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have too much. The team of Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor defeated. Al Snow and Head with special guest referee Jerry the King Lawler. What a shock. They're even still into 1998. They're still pushing the whole Lawler son thing. Yep. Um, we got another two years of this crap. <laughs> I know this sets up an Al Snow Lawler feud. Um, I think Al Snow got fired and came back, something like that. Um, I mean, as far as the match goes, like Al Snow is a lot more entertaining than I remember. Yeah, he was definitely an entertainer, and uh, I mean that that head gimmick definitely had lots of ling- had, unfortunately lots of longevity, but it was good for the. Um, it's, it's definitely attitude era stuff. That stuff will never fly today. Well, I mean, like the fact that like they took the mannequin head out of the action figure of his because it was you know projected something against women. I think like, the violence against women because it was a severed head of a woman. Uh, yeah, no, but we're just we're making a joke about oral sex. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. All the other stuff they did, and that was the problem. But no, um, I was very entertained by those by that match. Really, just for us now. But when it comes to like too cool or whatever they were, too whatever they, at the time, too much. Um, God, they were so annoying. They were really annoying. Then when they came to, like too cool, they were definitely a lot more stomachable. Um, yeah, I think the ending was just really stupid though. They they got the bottle of Head and Shoulders, and then they pinned. The head and shoulders. That was just so Vince Russo. I just wanted to throw up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next up, X-Pac with China defeated Owen Hart in a singles match. Um, yeah, they screwed Owen so bad. He they really did. Good. I don't think he's got a pay-per-view win in, like, God, forever. Yeah. Well, I think he... No, I thought he'd be. No, he didn't beat Triple H. I think he beat him once, but like, why the constant burial of Owen? It's not his fault. Brett punched Vince in the face. No, well, he he got buried. Um, I mean, granted, he's definitely um, you know, doing things with like the nation and everything like that too. Being the first white member and only white member of the nation. Um, well, at that time, you remember yeah. the original nation had like. That's right. They had PG thirteen. What am I thinking of? Uh, yeah. You know, being the token member of uh, the nation of domination. Definition of domination. Volume um, two. So anyway, I had a point to go with this here, and I did. I totally forget it. Well, Let's move on. Uh, may I add something that's super cool? Yep. I was very impressed by the fact that China did not use a uh, low blow. She did a DDT this time. She did. It was definitely different. Um, so good for her. Yeah, yeah, good, good for her. Good. Go China. Um, well, is anyone calling the commissioner for having China's book? He owns China's book. He does. As long as he doesn't have one night in China, I'm happy. I'm pretty sure I would not be allowed in the house now. No, that yeah. would no, no. No. no, no, anybody's house for that matter. No. Um. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Well, this is a China pause break where we regret ever bringing it up. I apologize. She is like the biggest regret of the Attitude Era. Like she had so much potential. Um. And 
Well, she did get fired after, you know, her boyfriend was stolen by the boss's daughter. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. But, yeah, she uh, she got some problems. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so next up, the New Age, Outlaws, Road Dog, and Billy Gunn with China as well. Oh, God. Uh, defeated the new Midnight Express with Bombastic Bob and Bodacious Bart. Um, this is such a filler match. It's just ridiculous. And uh, can't stand the new Midnight Express. Yeah, the new Jellos are so over. They could have wrestled, like, the whoever Clint Eastwood, the Obama from the Clint Eastwood chair segment or something. They were were so over. They could have wrestled, you know, God, like, freaking, you know, Vince McMahon did. It's ridiculous. Like, but their feuds were crap, and it's it's hard to remember that because of the key. Like, these guys are awesome, but these feuds sucked. Yeah, they had, like, no good feuds because there was really no other good tag teams out there. At the time, so it's it's kind of regrettable, unfortunately. Smacks up today. Yep. Um, let's see here. So next up, we have actually uh, the first of three really good matches. Actually, Ken Shamrock defeated The Rock in the King of the Ring final. You know, I didn't understand why they gave it to Shamrock. He didn't go anywhere with it. If anything, he gave it to The Rock because he went on to have the IC fu- uh, title fuse with Triple H and won the title, the world title at Survivor Series. Like, he needed this more than Shamrock did. Yeah. Um, it is it's, it is kind of weird that they would, would do that um, and have... Because Shamrock, I don't... Like, maybe they expected Shamrock to would have that kind of push and be a main eventer. But... You know, the King of the Ring is mostly for guys that you want to get over to get to the next level. And a lot of times, those guys just just don't make it. Um, Guys like uh, Billy Gunn, for instance, or uh, King Mabel, or, you know, just... But in Mabel's case... He at least got a world title shot at SummerSlam against Diesel. Shamrock never got crap. Yeah, he went to uh, he got the world uh, intercontinental title and he got uh, tag team championships. But yeah, his his lack of a push after this is kind of surprising. Um, yeah, but the thing is, like, Rock didn't need to have this kind of win. Like, honestly, in losing, just going up to these, you know, being in these matches, The Rock has definitely put himself over. Um, so later on that year, when he becomes uh, champion, spoiler alert, um, yeah. it's, you know, he does not need to have any kind of extra help getting there. Yeah. But I well, think this match is pretty um, good. I mean, yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot, you know, good wrestling between both wrestlers. Yeah, of course. Um, and the, the lots of the good, uh, you know, two counts to get the crowd into it. So, but in the match, I thought it was super impressed. I mean, and no appearance by China. She took a break. No, no, no. She was doing uh, commentary with the Spanish announcers. Dang. Yeah. And, yeah, that's one thing I didn't like, like about this is Triple H's commentary. It is just so sophomoric. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for you, Triple H. I'm sorry, buddy, but I am. Well, he didn't really have the mic skills. He does. Well, okay. Well, I don't know if he still has any mic skills today, but... <laughs> No, he's got my skills. He just, um, I think they said, like, go out there and just say anything that was, like, that's crude and crass. And, uh, you know, that's what the kids liked, you know. 
you know, freaking 16 year or actually, you know, 17 year old gym at this point. I was digging that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's so crude and and not uh, not what I'm used to. And, and now I'm just like, ah, oh, this is kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a match that will stand the test of time. Uh, I think we've already talked about this quite a bit, but The Undertaker defeated Mankind in a Hell in a Cell match. You know, it's funny, like, it is the weirdest part of the whole thing is I didn't know how much actual wrestling was done after, like, the big moves. Like, yeah. Because, like, and yeah, he gets thrown off the cell and then thrown through the cell and has this, you know, his tooth up his nose, and which he highlighted last night on Raw, which he talked about during the, you know, Ambrose Rollins segment. But yeah. I didn't know how much wrestling they did inside the cage, like, after he came back in. It was nuts. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Like, you kind of expect, you, you could expect them to end the match at that point, especially of being thrown through the cage, which I don't think was something that they expected would happen. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, um, yeah, even afterwards, it was brutal with the thumbtacks and the chairs and the, man. I don't know how he did all that, because he even said he blacked out through most of the match. Uh, pure instinct. Like, but, like, I think that's what started Undertaker on this whole crazed thing where he ended up, you know, the Ministry of Darkness thing later on, but... Holy crap, like, it is a brutal match, and, like, I don't even think, like, the fans didn't know what the hell to think about it, because you've never seen stuff like that before. No, no, it was really groundbreaking in terms of the violence of these matches, so, and they would actually become bloodier and, and um, more over-the-top as the years went on, but this was definitely the trendsetter. Think about it, I mean, like, if you somehow fully, like, hit the, hit the freaking table, they didn't practice that. How do you practice that? Like, how... Like, one move to the left or the right, he probably been really fucked. Yeah. Well, you know, he he wasn't, and he's still with us today, thank goodness. Um, but, yeah, definitely didn't uh, prolong his career at all. No. It pretty much ended it, like, the next year after that. Yeah, pretty much. He said that was a... Um, which is good. I mean, he, he's, his, he had a good run, and I don't think he really needed to do anything else afterwards. Except mm-hmm. maybe asshole edge. Uh, so we come to our main event, which is Kane uh, defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin. In a first blood match for the WWF World Heavyweight title. Yeah. Some of the stuff is just complete crap. Okay, let, let, let's let's say Austin had won. So Kane would have set himself on fire completely, like on fire. Like what like how dumb do they really think people are? Like, I can't watch Kane get burned. Like, no. Like, of course he was gonna win. He's wearing a mask. It's a first blood match. What the hell? Yeah, that was really, really, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, I think they just wanted to to do that kind of match and get Stone Cold Steve Austin bloody, lose the belt for one night, and then come back and then win the title. So, Mm. go figure. Well, I mean... It makes me feel like he, he's always been second fiddle to Undertaker. And if you look at Undertaker's first title run, it was like five days, six days maybe. So I think he beat Hogan in Survivor Series and then lost it like Tuesday in Texas. Uh, Yeah, so it's like maybe a week or so. Yeah, like six days, seven days, whatever. And then Kane had it for 24 hours. They didn't do him any favors. No. Like they, you know, maybe let him defend it at the next pay-per-view. I mean, I what, what does it do? 
I think this did more to hurt Kane than anything else because he always lost to the Undertaker. You beat Austin, but then you lose the belt the next night. Like to me, like he's already becoming worthless. Like right now. Um. Yeah, I think losing to the Undertaker, especially at this point, and then yeah, not um, not continue, not holding on to the belt. Yeah, he definitely lost a lot of um, credibility there. Yeah, I mean, would it have killed him to have Austin feud with, you know, have a pay rematch with McMahon or anybody, and then have Undertaker go against Kane for the title, and then Kane win? But I get it was Austin was super hot at this point, but I just feel like they just screwed Kane. Uh, this is the first instance of screwing Kane. <laughs> of many. Yeah. Yeah, definitely true. Kane, Kane definitely became a jobber to the stars after this. So, yeah, he had a great hot start and then kind of uh, mm-hmm. petered out. Yes. So to speak. Uh, so anyway, so, but how would you grade this pay-per-view in terms of letter grade? Um... I don't know. Just give it a B. I mean, if if anything was, if there was more than just like you know, Rock Shamrock and Undertaker Kane, I'd give it something higher than that because those are kick-ass matches. But I just, there's a lot of crap on this card. Like especially like the Sable appearance. Like she just comes out and then brings McMahon out, and then she's she leaves. She's yeah. too hot to be out there for two minutes. Yeah, I like the fact that Pat Patterson was the one to uh, smack her in the ass too. That was kind of fun. It was a light pat. It was so ridiculous. I was like, come on, man. Well. You know he didn't enjoy it. No, he didn't. He probably cried after that. But, yeah. So, to me, there was, like, three good matches on this card. They were all at the very end. But I think they definitely saved the pay-per-view for me. So, I would actually give it an A. I mean, did you really did you think Austin was able to wrestle well with Kane? Like, I don't know if their styles were that. Their know. styles were, I mean, it was such an over-the-top match anyway with, like, the cage was coming up and down. Um, there was run-ins by Taker and, and Mankind, and yeah, it was it was crazy, it was insane. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I really had no problems with it. So I, I really really liked. It. I mean, there was nothing really taken away from it either. So fair enough. Um, how about okay? Before we go to the top five, I have another true false for you, sir. All right, bring it. Um. Has there has there ever been a bad guy from a James Bond movie who was a wrestler, and and if so, who was it? Um. Okay, I definitely know this one. It was, um, in You Only Live Twice, and it was The Rock's grandfather. Um, but he wasn't really a Bond villain. He was more of a henchman. So I was gonna. I would probably say yes, villain, but very minor. I didn't even know about that one. Here's the thing that that I was looking at. Um, This guy was in Goldfinger, um, Harold Sakata, known as Oddjob. Oh, he was also a wrestler, too. Yeah, and I didn't even know, like, Oddjob. I I remember from, like, Goldeneye from the 64 (laughs) game, like, because you couldn't shoot him because he was so damn short. Yeah, he was banned in my, uh, our our circle. Yeah, he was was such... Such crap, but my god, it was that was fantastic. I, I'm good now. I just wanted to <laughs> to share that one. That was oh. fantastic. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, you know, he, he told me an edge when WCW had the name of like Damon Stryker. Yeah. Um, do you, do you, 
there's another name for him that I feel like I, I should mention. He also wrestled uh, as Sexton Hardcastle. And he's not a porn, porn star. No, Sexton Hardcastle. Wow. That's too much information for me, man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so ready to do our top five list? I am, I am ready, sir. All right. So your idea last week of doing top five Halloween Havoc matches or top five October matches or mm-hmm. Halloween theme matches, yeah, it's, yeah, it didn't, didn't work out for, I guess, both of us, actually. I would like to do a Halloween Havoc for retrospect next week because it will be right at Halloween. You know, we should totally do that. Um, we should not do a crap one, though. What's so, so not 98 with the Hogan Warrior one? Oh, God, that was so bad. Uh, not 98. Actually, I think everything around, uh, everything but that was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, that was terrible. I think not 99, which is really, really bad. 96, 96 was Hogan and Savage. I think 97 was Hogan and Piper in a steel cage. Yeah, 95 was the debut. Um, I think it was Hogan and then Yeti showed up and everything like that. Um, uh, I think Halloween Havoc is pretty much the, the like the biggest like crap show that WCW has ever done. Um, I think Gabe Goldberg one was better matches against DDP and um, but yeah, most of it is just really crappy. Like I wouldn't consider like any of the Halloween Havocs to be. But I really want to do like a Halloween themed one. But well, how about ninety? How about ninety two? Where we had the House of Horrors uh, match. So Washington. The, the, was it the uh, executioner's chair, the electric chair in the middle of the room? You know, and- I haven't gone back that far in WCW, so that's new and exciting for me. So yeah, let's do that. Excellent. Happy Halloween, the three fans we have. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry, thirteen. No, crap, 30. We have 30, I think. 30, yeah, sh- sure. But as far as the top five, yeah, the the whole angle was, the whole idea was kind of crap, because, again, well, most of the matches were crap itself, so. Yeah, it was kind of hard to find, like, top five best. I mean, I was thinking maybe top five worst, you do top five best, we'll come somewhere in the middle, but, yeah, it's pretty bad. So I think we just went with top five ways to improve the industry itself. The today. industry itself. I'm going to go with the whole industry itself thing. Yeah, um, I've done something like this before, but I think we have a lot more fresh ideas now that will help. Now that we've been watching wrestling for almost a goddamn a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, I'll, I will start soon. Okay. Number five, get rid of Total Divas. <laughs> Agreed. I because I know there's something that they're saying where Vince doesn't want to put uh, uh, the the Divas title on a total Divas or, or cast because like the whole the, the shows are shot so far down or in advance or like you got and there's and by the way the, the, the all all that crap is storyline. Like, none of that stuff's real life. Like, Tyson Kidd and Natalia are not getting a divorce. <gasps> They're not? No, I know. And I have my hopes up, too. So, yeah, she's pretty good looking. But, um, but the thing is, is, like, if if you're going to have all these people on that show, make it reality. Don't make it WWE storyline-based. The fans crap on it. No one cares. It basically just makes the Divas of Division look stupid. And the only person who doesn't do it is AJ for, I guess, because she's smart enough to know that it, it would ruin her career. Oh, God, yeah. Secondly, if she was on there, CM Punk would be on there. And my God, that would be interesting. But, that would um, be really awkward. Yeah, I know. But, like, but the thing is, I think that the show 
is killing the division. And if it was like 10 years ago, would Lita and Trish be doing this crap? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, definitely not. Um, no, they, they were doing like, you know, bikini videos and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Not that I have a problem with that, but yeah, get rid of Total Divas. Any reality show that they do is just a bad idea. And this show is just, it's it's hard to watch anything on the, WWE involving that. But it's a complete joke. Like, no one cares that these, these women are only getting airtime on Raw and SmackDown because of the show. Otherwise, nobody would be getting airtime except, like, AJ Lee and Paige. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Oh, man. No, you just want me to rant on Tall Divas. Um, okay, so Jeez. I'm... Rats, rats, rats. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with my uh, number five is younger guys in the main event scene. Um, they're kind of going this way, but they really need to have fresher faces in the main event. I mean, because we've had, like, what? John Cena, Randy Orton, uh, Daniel Bryan a little bit, um, Batista, uh, Kane, Daniel Bryan, um, and then... Triple and who triple out oh, triple H, um, but yeah, it was them versus the Shield, um, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. It's not building up new and younger guys. They really need to have, and that's something that I can see them working on. They're trying to find the next big guy. But they really need to get the younger guys in the mid event scene and get the older guys out of there. Like John Cena, really, his dominance of the company has been the worst thing possible for them because they haven't been able to move past him, unfortunately. But that's their own problem. Like, I, they're making enough money as it is, I think, to where you can put him down a little further in the card and you'll still have people watch the show because they will always watch the show because TNA is not viable competition. No. Well, that's, that goes to my other point. But, yeah, definitely, you know, bring in the newer guys, seriously. Um... I'm going to go along those lines, but in a little different way. Uh, I'd say number four is build the younger guys and then keep them there. Um, good example. Uh, I'm just saying like The Miz, Sandow, Dolph Ziggler, especially Dolph Ziggler for Christ's sakes. I mean, he had that build up to when he cashed in on Del Rio and won the world title. And then Del Rio gives him a concussion. Then the next, when he comes back to wrestle, they strip the title off of him. It was uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um. One second. All right, I'm good now. Sorry, people. Uh, cough break. Anyways, but um, like there's. So many people that need that, like like Big E, got a really big push, got the Intercontinental title, and then just fell off. Cesaro got a push, fell off, push, fell off. Same thing for like Jack Swagger. Like it's like they half-heartedly build these people up. And I don't know if this is like a Cena or Orton thing. We're like, I don't want this guy to get pushed. I don't want this guy to get a push. But there's so many young guys that they try. And I don't think they just they stick with the guys long enough to give them that chance to be in the main event. Yeah, agreed. Um, guy, yeah, the, all those guys they really have just they pushed to the moon really fast, and then they didn't sustain them at all. So that's like so many guys. So yeah, you completely right there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. One person I hope they don't drop the ball on is like him with Bray Wyatt, for instance. We haven't seen him for. 
Yeah, I think they're just waiting for a little bit of um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, right moment, bring him back. Could you see him, you know, jumping in the cell on Sunday and costing Cena the match? Oh, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Now I've given the hope that the match will be good. <laughs> Bray Wyatt, let's save us all. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, okay. Uh, four, sir. My number four uh, is to actually change the style of wrestling's. You know, I, I wouldn't say like change the whole thing, but you know, we understand that in wrestling, there's certain moves are made to look realistic, but honestly, like there's just certain things, there are certain styles that we just kind of look at and, we're, and we see that that's that's not like it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt the other guy it would hurt you more so I mean I think that definitely they should move to a, a style that makes it look a lot more real looking um, like any kind of you've seen like Brock Lesnar in any of his matches for like the past year since he wrestled CM Punk he makes it look very real in what he does like I, I, granted that's a very stiff style but you know we, we need to move on from what we've been doing for the past you know so many years because honestly like people have gotten bored with it it's just not as exciting and you know a lot of new people will look at it and say well obviously it's fake I mean because you know the one person seeing the canvas before the other person how can they be hurting them so yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I, mean, I don't know if this is kind of along those same lines, but if you remember, like, whenever, like, Big Show would fight Mysterio, you know, like, how is this possibly hurting Big Show at all? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. like, he's, like, you know, like, half of my size, and how is he supposed to be hurting me? Good grief. I, I think, like, the equivalent, like, for us... Would be like us selling getting beat up by Ariana Grande or something. Yeah. <laughs> she is a toothpick and she knows it. Yeah. Um, but yes, that is a good number four. Sir. Um, number three for me is getting rid of social media with wrestling. Oh, come on. Don't you like Twitter? Twitter. Hi, this is Rick. Twitter has its place. But it's not on Raw. <laughs> I don't like. I don't, sorry, I don't like how it goes. Like, and you can follow this match on Twitter by using the hashtag Six Man Tag. How about I just watch the damn match? Yeah. Like, stop telling me to hashtag Mick Foley or Seth Rollins or This Is Awesome or RKO out of nowhere. Like, it. It's a lot of the reason that realism has been taken away or the the entry has been taken away is that they offer so many things at one time that your interest is all over the place and then you're just left like oh should i be following the match who cares like more attention needs to be focused on the in-ring product and not the crap that goes on around it not that twitter doesn't have its importance it does i just don't think it needs to be involved in the show at all i agree with you i mean that is a huge distraction watching uh raw and seeing you know hashtag this hashtag that and then i see something i'm like okay i gotta tweet this out um as you know the db and j uh twitter has over 
200 and some posts that have only been posted on Monday nights for most of it. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. It's, it's well overdone. They really need to, to push back from that because it's a great source of advertising, great show you're trending on Twitter, but um, really any stupid thing can trend on Twitter and nobody cares. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, if I'm trying to watch a match and it's got trending now, Bray Wyatt, I'm like, what do you do? What does that have to do with what I'm watching? Like, nothing. Agreed. Um, so my number three um, is to have more surprises when watching wrestling. Oh. Well, because honestly, like even like Eric Bischoff said when he was doing focus groups for WCW, people like surprises and. Honestly, like the whole Monday Night Wars, the, the best nights when you have ton of surprises happen, things coming out of left field, right field, center field, behind home plate. Well, the analogy is kind of bad, but, you know, they would just have like things and, and you were just like, like, what? You know, like, what the hell is this? Like, you remember, like, for a good example, Chris Jericho shows up again or shows up for the first time in WWF. Yes. Everybody was just like surprised that that would be like you know his entrance now because we all just where he was going, but not that that yet. Um, and they've been doing a little bit of that, but you need to have like you know every show needs to have like some big you know surprise, nothing cheap like a like a face turn or a heel turn, but just keep me guessing what the heck's going on and actually have it in a logical progression too. So if you're going to have, like, say, a mystery GM or somebody is Vince's child, have a logical payout for that and have it, like, make sense. Um, so, but, yeah, just definitely, like, keep me surprised. Like, keep me watching because I want to see what happens next as opposed to I'm just watching it because it's raw. Two problems, uh, not real problems, but things to add to that. Um, it was so much easier back then. <laughs> was because there was no social media back then. Yeah. Like, you don't have Debbie tweeting out a picture of Paul Heyman on a plane that says Plan C, and then the next night Lesnar shows up to challenge Cena for the belt. Like, a lot of the intrigue or surprise is gone because they always want to be the first ones to show you this is what's happening or, like, to do teasers. But this the surprise element, I think, is just not going to come back unless you completely get rid of social media altogether and just watch the show for it. Like, don't go to the internet sites. Don't check the Twitter feeds. Just watch the show because, again, you know what's going to happen before it happens more times than not. And, and another thing is, unless we take a break from wrestling, we've seen 99.999% of every possible angle they could ever do. So it's kind of hard to get that surprise because you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming, but I've seen it before. So like, it's hard to be original in wrestling these days. I think. Yeah, I, I granted there. I mean, they have been as you know a, a few good surprises like Seth Rollins um, breaks up the Shield. That was pretty surprising. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing really like you know super shocking after that. So, granted, it's good they haven't done like some kind of cheap heat, like you know face turns, heel turns, like you know the the sudden ones, because WCW used to do it all the time. But uh, yeah, just, just give me like the, the the element of surprise and suspense, and you know what the heck's gonna happen next kind of feel to it. I, I, I agree, sir. Oh, is this number three? Um, I believe this is number... That was number three for me, so it's number two. Hmm. Uh, uh, um, 
I again would um, merge the mid card titles. Ooh. Yeah. Well, look at it this way. So what do we have coming up at Hell in a Cell? It's Sheamus versus Miz, which we've seen before. Yep. And then more than likely, there's going to be a Cesaro Ziggler like kickoff show match. But that's a month before. What happened? Cesaro was fighting Sheamus, and the Miz was fighting Dolph Ziggler. The when your number one contenders are interchangeable, and like they don't they don't have matches to become number one contenders. They're just oh, you lost your Continental title match. You're the U.S. title contender now. Like it's just it, the whole concept is just crap. And honestly, you should just merge it to put some importance back on it because again. To me, it doesn't matter because Sheamus could lose the U.S. title on to the Miz, and then the next week he's going to be fighting, you know, Ziggler for the Intercontinental title. Like, there's yeah. just no continuity to those belts, and like the, I just don't like how the again the contenders are interchangeable. Bring them together, just make it the Intercontinental title, and put more importance on one mid card title. Um, I agreed. Um. I think that you know their formula for WWF for for a long time had been like one mid card title and then um, you know one big title, um, but uh, you know I think the US title has got so much history to it it's kind of hard to get rid of it at this point. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see your point there where they're just like they're, they're interchangeable. There's no like you know difference between the belts, so it's it's a it's a hard road, man. Yeah. It is, sir. And your number two? My number two um, is stop going to the past. Ooh. Which is is that wrestling, and especially wrestling fans, but especially WWE's always been, well, we'll go ahead and remember the Attitude Era. That was so great. And remember Hulk Hogan was bring him out and was bring out this guy and that guy. And it's, it's kind of like what I said before with the, the main event, younger guys in the main event. Stop talking about the past and stop ta- start talking more about the future because when you start talking more about the future, it's a lot more exciting than being nostalgic, and nostalgic just is, makes things depressing. Mm. Um, do you mean like always oh, trying to bring back the old attitude or guys for WrestleMania, man? Yeah, like, just- yeah, honestly, like The Rock, um, loved him. You know, 10, 15 years ago, but bringing him back now, he's just old and rusty. Uh, even though he's 40 years old for, for wrestling age, that's still pretty old. Triple H, he can still go. I give him that, but um, you know, he his days in the ring are, are, are definitely done. Even though he, he did actually a pretty decent job. Um, but yeah, I mean, bringing back like Evolution, um, you know bringing back DX. I mean, granted, the, the network is there to be really nostalgic about the product, but we really need to stop going there as being our, uh, you know, our, our, our safety valve. So you wouldn't want to see Triple H and Rocket Russell McMahon? No. Uh, bring us new guys. And when I, yeah. when I actually, that happens at WrestleMania, and I start acting really, really, like, you know, uh, like, a, like a goddamn fan, and you remind me that, you know, I said, no, bring in new guys, then you have my full permission to kick my ass. Yeah, you'll mark out, like, they're wrestling. Oh, my God, they're wrestling. This is so exciting. They haven't wrestled in, like, 10 years. It's 1998 all over again. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I agree, and, and it goes a little further than that. Like, 
you know why it's hard for like, a lot of the younger guys to get built today is because they hold on to the past so much. Like, God forbid, I'm going you know, say this, but like the video games, for example, what's been a highlight of like the last two or three years? All the Attitude Era stuff, the Attitude Era wrestlers, like the Attitude Era moments you can go back and do. Like, they're just reliving their past instead of giving a crap about the future, honestly. Though it's fun to play. Yeah, they are. They're, these games are pretty fun to play. I just think that, you know, if you're going to go that, go the full nine and just have the wrestlers in there, but just stop labeling them as Attitude Era wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, so you're that. number one. Uh, let's see. It's tough because there's so many things that I, I, I wanted to do, but I couldn't do. Yeah, there is a lot. I had to trim my list, too. I mean, there's a few things. And in fact, the, the whole, like, Bill more reality show is something I, I, I trimmed off, too. Well, number one is it's like a twofold thing. Either bring back the brand extension mm-hmm. or get rid of SmackDown. Because oh. everything is hyped around Raw. And you know that because if you ever watched a SmackDown, the main events were like Dean Ambrose versus Kane or Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton or something like that. Like, all the attention is focused on Raw. And even the SmackDown show I went to, like, it had some decent guys there, but it's the B-Show. And it adds, like, with, like, with the way they hyped up Hell in a Cell last night, like, would you, what, what could they possibly do on SmackDown to help this? Like, if you stopped here and went straight to Hell in a Cell, you're doing just fine. Yeah, so pretty either, much. So either bring back the brand extension and give all the other wrestlers a shot like they used to, because when the brand extension first happens, like a lot of those guys were getting their pushes. And you gave interest in all the other small matches because you had to have those people on the show to to make the to fill the time. And you could still keep the US and Intercontinental titles if the shows are split. But if you're not gonna split the shows and give the talent more of a chance just get rid of SmackDown and just focus on one one three-hour-a-week show per week and make it better. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I haven't watched SmackDown in forever. Um, I mean, there's definitely some cool moments to it they've done recently, but yeah, it is such the B-show that I, I really don't see the point of it. Maybe yes. to, to give some people some additional time, but yeah, it's kind of the crap show. Yeah, I mean, and the ratings... The ratings show, yeah, it's probably the highest rating show on Sci-Fi. But is that really saying <laughs> a whole head? No offense to Sci-Fi Network, but wrestling fans will watch it if they don't think better to do on Friday nights, which again is a terrible night for wrestling. But again, either get rid of it or split the shows up again. Both good ideas. Hmm. Well, uh, my number one idea for helping the wrestling industry and these days um, and this kind of goes back to Vince monopolizing wrestling is that I think that I mean granted the economy is not good but I really think there should be an investment made by a major corporation to do their own wrestling show um, and to build it up to be a competitor to the WWE with the same type of production values and quality you know, granted, it's it would be really hard to do at first, but if you bring in like you know 
some people who have been cast out from the WWF uh, or WWE um, and has still can, can go, then I think there's definitely, I mean, granted TNA is trying to be that competitor, but it's just so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? TNA is all yeller at this point. Yeah, it's, it needs to be shot. It's, it's just been dying a slow death. Um, but I think that they, they got somebody who did consistent booking, like a Paul Heyman, um, and made these guys out to, to be stars equal to the WWE and do things differently, too, so that way you offer a different product. Um, you know, I think that's probably the best thing that happened to, to wrestling because mm-hmm. at that point, WWE realized they have this competitor out there and then they actually have to get a fire in their asses and start making innovations, too. Uh, are you are you listening, Obama? We could use a bailout for TNA. We could really use a. I mean, I can. Yeah, maybe the company champion. Sure. Yeah. Um. No, I I like it. I was thinking you were going to go the other way and just have Vince buy TNA. Well, he doesn't need to to buy TNA. Um, and the fact that they already have like their um like minor league um show already with NXT which is phenomenal by the way yeah you should you should definitely watch more of it mm-hmm. um but uh yeah I think at this point I mean people got me have like guys like freaking uh Brodus Clay joined TNA so and MVP and MVP so yeah. um yeah no, I, I I understand <sighs> It would be nice to have that viable competition again. And maybe Jeff Jarrett's going to do that with his little global force wrestling thing he's trying to do now. Yeah. But we'll see how that goes. And, I mean, you can get a Heyman. You could maybe get Jim Ross to come back to do talent relations because he did a pretty good job when he had the title. He did? Um, just stay away from Bischoff and Hogan. <laughs> God, those guys are such a cancer. And Vince Trusso. And Vince Trusso. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, just yeah. those three guys, you'd be fine with just avoiding. Um, I mean, was there anything that you left off your list that you wanted to put on there real quick? Um, just get rid of reality shows. The divas look better. Um, but yeah, I think that wrestling has become very stagnant, unfortunately, and I think that it needs a lot more innovation in terms of the product in the ring and outside the ring. So that's pretty much my biggest thing I wanted to see. Yeah, um, and again, this is just my own beef, but I would be okay, and I know I'm the only person who would ever think this, is that they took the pay-per-views off the network. So It's crazy, but I just feel like like a lot of times they don't care how the shows are written leading up to pay-per-views and pay-per-views themselves because of the 9.99. And think about, it. if the wrestlers aren't getting the pay-per-view checks like they used to, are they going to try as hard as they used to? Yeah, I don't know. I think the pay-per-views have been pretty decent since they've gone to the, uh, the network, so... That's a small rant. And I would also never, 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 never uh, use Buff Bagwell anywhere again. <laughs> I thought I saw him, you know, come somewhere. No, stay away, Buff Bagwell. You were never liked. Nope. So, top. Do we have a top five for next week, sir? Oh, do we have a top five for next week? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I had not. an idea for you. I was going to throw out there. Okay, what's that? Um, just for this week, and then we can figure out something for the weeks after. We were doing wrestlers before, right? So, I think a good way to cap that off is if I give you top five Edge matches, and you give me top five John Cena matches. 
to where I have to find five Cena matches that I actually like. Okay, and I'll do top five edge matches. That can be that difficult. Yeah. I mean, the guy's been yeah. in a few good matches. Yeah, well, once or twice, but yeah, yeah. top five top five matches for myself. All right, uh, but um, at a twist, am I allowed to use Edge and Christian matches, too? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Oh, man, this is becoming like more of a process of elimination, but I shall do my best. Yeah, and, and my own caveat is I can't use the Edge and Cena match that I've used, like, multiple times on multiple lists. <laughs> so I have to dig out, like, Cena-Umaga matches or something, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, so next week, those top five Cena, top five uh, Edge, and Halloween Havoc 1992. Yes. Plus yes. Uh, the, our review of the pay-per-view and the review of Roth. So. If I'm not mistaken, it's, like, I think Simmons fights Luger, but I think Vader, Vader's the champ. I don't know. It's worth it. It's worth it. I'm looking at it right now, and it's Sting versus Jake Roberts. Um, oh, spin the wheel, make the make a deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crap. Oh, that that was like the Cole Myers glove on a pole match or something. Well, we'll we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Oh, so it will probably be over by then. But since we talked about baseball at the beginning, do you have a prediction for the worst World Series ever? The worst World Series ever. Um, I'm thinking Royals win it in seven. Royals in six. Okay then. That, screw you, Giants. <laughs> All right. For the DBNG Wrestling Podcast, I'm your host Turnbuckle Jim. Saying good night, folks. Yeah, Basketball, Brian. Take it easy, everybody. Yeah.